It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver. I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today, we are going to be doing a, a big man position review, but I do want to go over some of the games. Uh, the World Cup qualifiers has been pretty exciting and very competitive. Denny Avdia played. Uh, Chris Esprazingas played as well. Just want to uh, recap their games Kristaps had a really, really good game over Turkey. Turkey, they have a couple of NBA players as well. Shane Larkin is on that team. I want to, I want to pull up um, the, the guys that are on that team. Um, Shane Larkin, Seti Osman, Alperin Sangoon, and Forkon Korkmaz. The um, Latvia Bertans is on that team as well. Latvia won 111 to 85 over Turkey. But like I said today, I just want to go over the big man position. Kristaps, um, Daniel Gafford. Uh, I include Anthony Gill in the center position, Vernon Carey, Todd Gibson, and even we'll, we'll talk. I'll talk on Jaime Etienne as well. The summer league, uh, some who played really well in the summer league, who most likely will be on a G League roster. Vernon Carey versus Todd Gibson. That's the that's the center position battle. Also, can Chris Stapps and uh, Gafford coexist as a diamond dynamic duo as starters? Can they coexist? that way you know because they look good they look pretty good in that one game against the Timberwolves they played against the Hawks and they didn't play together much but can those two coexist and how would that work out could those guys start together how much playing time do I think they will get together uh, how could that look but let's start off with day let's start off with Chris Chris Porzingis's game the unicorn or oh, also <laughs> the Wizards way I really want to talk about the Wizards way I'm not sure if we're going to talk about that today too much I'll probably talk about it on, on another episode it was a a good report from Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, who um, he works with Bally Sports. He talked about the Wizards way with Monte Morris and West Hudson Jr., their chemistry. I do want to talk about that. If not today, another time. And then, of course, the Wizards. This is just a quick news and notes before I get started on everything. Um, the Wizards are having a mini camp, a players-driven mini camp in Los Angeles. You know, all the guys are over there. You know, they talked about how there's been a report how Rui Hachimura has played really, really well, how the guys are bonding so I'm happy to see that. I'm happy. You know, the big thing was chemistry last year. 
Um, of course, we've seen pictures with Wes Unsell Jr. trying to, you know, get chemistry on bond with Chris Stapps. He's been overseas with him. Uh, Tommy Shepard has been overseas to see Denny play this summer. So this thing, it's really about chemistry and camaraderie. That was something that the Wizards did not have last year. I think guys genuinely did not get along. And I think that's a huge thing. And I brought up this, this, this too. I think the trade for Monte Morris and Will Barton, I compared it to the to Ron Rivera bringing over some Panthers guys. It's, it's about being comfortable, guys that you know you can lean on, guys that you can trust when times get hard or when there's disagreements. You know how Wes is about getting Wes comfortable as well and getting him familiar with guys. But let me let me get back to the big. So, um, like I said, Lavia they played against uh, Turkey yesterday. Um, they won 111 to 85. So this is Chris Hapsporzinger's stats. He played 22 minutes, 22 minutes and eight seconds. Uh, 22 points, three for six from the two-point line, three for seven from the three-point line, seven for 10 from the free throw line, 14 rebounds, 14 boards. That's, that's what I want to see for Porzingis, just boarding, man, controlling the game and dominating the game, having a double-double. This is what he did in the last 17 games of the year. He did stuff like that. He did put up stats like this. So this is not like, you know, sometimes we'll see guys, you know, have pedestrian numbers in the NBA and then – They'll go overseas and then just look like, you know, the Michael Jordan of Turkey. You know, no, no disrespect to Hito Turkaloo, but, you know, the Michael Jordan of Turkey. That's what they call Hito. Or, you know, Patty Mills is a great player, has a solid NBA career, but Patty Mills overseas in the Olympics is a whole different Patty Mills. Same thing with Evan Fournier. He's, he's a different guy. Those guys are different when they play overseas. Um, so Porzingis, 22 points, 14 boards, three assists. I like how he's able to move the basketball um, and get other guys involved. Only three assists and six blocks. Six balls. If you watch, I didn't get to watch the game because it's on courtside 1981. You have to pay for a subscription, but watch Porzingis run the floor. He looked good and he has a beard now. He has a beard. I'm a, I'm a beard game. I'm, I'm, I'm a beard guy. You know, I'm a beard enthusiast. You know, I've had a beard for years. So you got to keep your beard looking good. Chris has a beard right now and a mustache, which he typically doesn't, doesn't have uh, for the most part, but he looks good with it. 22 points, six blocks, 14 boards, three assists, got to the free throw line, shot 10 free throws. Was running really fluid. There was a fast break block where he had on Shane Larkin. I know Shane Larkin's six feet tall, who the Wizards did have interest in signing. Um, but he was dominating. He was re- really protecting the paint. The one move that I really, really liked was the step back, where he got the ball in a high post, dribbled to the short corner, stepped back, shot over somebody, and knocked it down. I really loved that a lot. Um, just him running the floor. He had a dunk or two, some some putbacks. So he was really bored. And I love what I saw from Chris Epps. This, this really gets... Watching him play like this, I'm not just going to base everything off of a FIBA World Cup qualifier game. No disrespect to that. You know, you see what Giannis and Jokic were doing going back and forth, just dueling, going to an overtime game. They People play hard in these games. They're playing for the country. There's a lot of prize. They're playing really hard. But Chris Hepps looks good. He, look, he looked like he did in the last 17 games of the year. And it's really intriguing where he's a guy that can dominate. Where Bradley built, he can take the pressure off of Brad or they can play off of each other. And Chris Hepps, he really is the big fish acquisition. I know... There's rumors with us tied to Donovan Mitchell or trying to get other guys. But I think the Wizards' big offseason acquisition really was Chris Esporzingas. And I know it was in the middle of the season at the trade deadline, but he's the big addition. He's the big addition. He's the addition that they're looking for to make that push, to make that leap, to make that playoff push. And he's the star acquisition. He just has to stay healthy. Has to stay healthy. That's the big thing for Chris Tapps. Porzingis, you know, you look at his, at his game log the last couple of years, um, and it's been up and down. It's been up and down. So we, we need this guy to stay healthy. He's really a guy. I was watching the Lakers game, some of the highlights too from that game where he dominated and we, you know, he dunked on LeBron where they just gave him the ball. He was getting the ball to high post 
and there's times where he's unstoppable. He's just shooting over people. It's hard to block a seven foot three guy shot. Somebody who's seven foot three and is that skilled and is a mismatch. He can really take over a game. So he's just, he's just got to stay healthy. He's got to stay aggressive. Got to get him the ball in the right spots. Um, he's knocking down the three. He was knocking down the three towards the towards the end of the year and really dominated. There was in the Lakers game. He only shot one three. So that's he doesn't even have to really shoot the three. He can just dominate in the post and the high post. So. Porzingis can really be a unicorn, unicorn, and he can really play an all-star level. He can really play an all-star level. So I'm, I'm intrigued by Chris Tapps Porzingis. Um, I do want to read off some numbers from Chris Tapps that I that I always read for the last couple, last 17 years. But I mean, last 17 games of the season, and talk about him coexisting with Daniel Gafford. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline with a game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so the one game that Chris Tapps and Daniel Gafford really played together, uh, Daniel Gafford had his career high at 24 points and 11 boards. Chris Tapps Porzingis had 25 points. They shot 55% from the field and won the game 132 to 114 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the funny thing is, Anthony Edwards, who plays for the Timberwolves, also said, to me, the best rim protector is Chris Hatsperzingis. So these guys can really protect the rim. They can really block shots. They can really deter people from the basket. And they can really dominate. Now, the only thing is, is that, you know, the game has changed. So there are quicker fours. There are quicker fives. So Chris Hatsper, Daniel Gaffer, can they move their feet and go into the perimeter guard somebody? If Jason Tatum is playing at the four, if Jalen Brown is playing at the four, that could be somewhat of a mismatch. But on the other side of the ball, it could be a mismatch for those guys. Chris Hatsper could shoot over them and dominate those guys. Um, now you look at the Cavs, you look at Jared Allen, you look at Evan Mobley, you look at the Timberwolves with with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Those are the two teams that you look at, and they can mirror that, and that would be a fun uh, matchup to watch. But the Wizards could impose their will. This is another quote from Bradley Bill earlier in the season. Quote, just imagine him and Gaff, talking about Chris S. Porzingis out there. That's going to be sick. Then you've got Kuz at six foot nine, six foot ten. We've got great size. We've never had that, end quote. Bradley Bill also went on to say this in some press conferences earlier this year that Brzingis is the most skilled big man that he's ever played with. You know, he's played with Gortat, he's played with Nene, two two really good bigs that played really well for the Washington Wizards. Um, but Chris Brzingis by far is the most skilled big man that Bradley Bill has played with. Um, you know, this is another quote also from Brandon Scoop B from Bally Sports. He said, "Quote: The Wizards are really excited for Chris Brzingis this season. His upside are particularly." and are particularly enamored, enamored with him in his role at the four position. The five position is not ruled out. Wizards have been busy this offseason with visits to Latvia, L.A. for team bonding. Um, Wizards head, also, the Brandon said, Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. has been really big on traveling to personally visit and bond with them. Last week, Anthony Gill and Gaffer spent time with the coach in Los Angeles. 
I'm to told the coach is really excited about their point guard upgrade as well with Monte Morris. Now, here's my take on Porzingis at the four or the five. I think he played his best ball at the five position for, for, for the Wizards being the center. The reason why is because, you know, he doesn't have anybody in his way to really clog up the plane, clog, clog up the paint. Also, his numbers, 22 points a game, eight, eight boards a game, one and a half blocks, two assists with a PPA of 172 produ production efficiency at the five. You know, and he's going to be guarding guys like Nikola Vucevic, Joel Embiid, Jokic, guys like that. So I think, you know, for him moving his feet, that the Lakers game, Wendy and Gabriel was blown by him sometimes. There were some times where defensively, you know, where he had to go to the three-point line, and it didn't bode well for him. I just think for the five, he's going to go against slower bigs where he can take him out to the three-point line where they don't want to step out there, and he can blow by them. If he knocks down that three, they're going to have to step out there. He can blow by them and get to the basket. Porzingis is a skilled guy where he can dribble the ball like a point guard at times. Um, so defensively, I like him better at the five. Offensively, I like him better at the five. But I can see the potential there with having two twin towers where you can impose your will, where you can have you know a point guard like Monte Morris who can you know throw him lobs, get to the basket, Bradley Bill, pick and roll, pick and pop. You know, pick and roll with with Gafford, but Gafford in the dunker spot is the only thing that I don't like. Where it could be clogging up the paint, where you can see you just want to clear it out and have uh, Porzingis operate. Or if you have Porzingis at the five, you can have more shooters out there. Kuzma would be at the four. Um, you know, Will Barton at the three, Brad at the two, Monte Morris at the one, where you can really spread it out and get shooters out there, rather than having you know Gafford who is is sticking in the paint. But at the same time, you can have that high-low action as well, where they both, you know, could be good passers in transition as well. They looked really good in transition, where Gafford is just running like a gazelle at all times, 110 miles per hour. Uh, I mean, yeah, 100 mi 110 miles an hour, always running coast to coast. So th those are the things that are triggering for me. Is just so there's there's pros and cons to it. It's just, it's about matchups. You know, which team are you going against? Are you going up against the Cavs, Timberwolves? Other teams, are, and then what are you going to do when you go up against the Celtics? You know, what are you going to do when teams try to go small? Or are you dominating that much where teams are like, hey, man, we got to get another big out there to stop Porzingis? We had a matchup against these guys. Can they dominate like that? So those are the things that I'm looking for. Um, at the If if Wes Unsworth Jr. really wants Porzingis to play the four. Now, I was looking at some numbers and some stats when Porzingis won the uh, – when he went to his only all-star game as a reserve with the Knicks – he was playing at the four. Ennis Cancer, or sorry, Ennis Freedom, was playing at the five. He was the center. Jared Jack was their point guard. Courtney Lee was at the two. Can't remember who was at the three, but I know it was, you know, it was four years ago, 2018, and the game has certainly changed. It's a lot. It's positionless basketball now. It's positionless basketball. So the game certainly has changed since 2018. Even just four years ago, the game has really changed. The way, the way guys look at positions is really just guards, wings, and bigs now. It's not even really centers like that anymore stretch fours they change that you know it's really it's not stretch four anymore it's just a four it's just what it is so it, it, it's intriguing i just think porzingis is the best of the five because he gets to operate he gets it's his world it's his world out there where nobody's in his way he gets to iso like i said at the high post watch that lakers highlights the, that game where all they put austin reeves on him there's many mismatches out there and brad wasn't even playing he was putting the ball over Austin Reed's head and just shot a free throw, put the ball over Russell Westbrook's head, just shot a free throw and made it. Same thing with LeBron, just had, had you know, keeping the ball high over LeBron's head and shot it and knocked it down. So let me give the other centers some shine here and just some minute distribu distribution, and then I'll go to the camp battle. The only really battle I see at the center spot for rotation, but I do want to give uh, Chris after a little bit of his flowers. Um, in the last 17 games, this is how well he played. So 
This is per Clint in the glass. So in March, only six players in the league have averaged at least 20 points, eight boards, and one block per game. That was LeBron, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and Carl Anthony Towns. And Porzingis was one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He's ranked in the 80th percentile among, among bigs in defensive re- rebounding percentage, in the 86th percentile in block percentage, and the 91st percentile in assist percentage, according to Clint in the glass. So, But defensively, that lineup, just having those tall trees out there, Gafford and Porzingis, and then maybe Denny at the three, you know, having your defensive lineup, Brad at the two, Monte Morris at the one, or, or DeLon right at the one, that would be a, a, a tough defensive lineup. It really would be. It would be the same thing with Kuz at the three. It would be a long, tough defensive lineup, but at times it just depends on matchups because they would have long arms, long wingspans in the passing lanes, moving their feet. So there's pros and cons to it for sure. I do want to see them experiment with that, especially in the preseason against the Warriors. The Warriors would be a perfect test because they're they're a small ball team. Kevon Looney is at the five for the most part, or Draymond Green at the five for the most part. So I do want to see them try to do that in preseason in Japan. Try that out. Rui at the three, too. Try that out, too. Just experiment. You know, it's just experiment and see see what works out. Just do some lineup experiments. That's what I'm intrigued to see from Wes Elsa Jr. this upcoming year. So I didn't even get a chance to talk about Denny. I didn't even get a chance to talk about Denny yet. So Denny, his performance was not as um, spectacular as uh, Chris Esperzingas, I'll just say that. So he's he and he's coming back from you know health and safety protocols. He did pet he did test positive for the virus. Um, I want to say about a week ago or two weeks ago, where he did miss a game. And shout out to Aaron Soroko or Aaron Strockman. That's my guy. Um, he uh, was on the channel during the season. Aaron Soroko, he works for Sport Five in Israel, so he keeps me updated on Denny. You know, when I'm not able to really watch the games, he fills me in. So just going over Denny's stat line, he had eight points. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Four rebounds, three for 10 from the field and one for five from the three-point line, one for two from the free throw line. Uh, He was taken out with eight minutes left in the game. He also started off the second half on the bench as well. Um, Israel, they play against Sweden on Sunday. Latvia, they play against Great Britain on Sunday as well. Now, this is um, what Iran told me. He said, uh, Denny, overall mixed bag today. He said he played 18 minutes out of 40 minutes, including eight out of nine, eight to nine second half minutes. Uh, Since he missed most of the preparation games, it seems like Gudis, the coach, uh, was confident to go uh, enough without Denny for long stretches. Um, his outside shot did look confident, but it was not falling. Falling started over three, including one long distance three. He got blocked two and a half times driving to the basket. One time did look like a foul. Maybe still a bit rusty after being sick and wasn't fully integrated into the team's makeup. Um, also, there's too much ball watching when Denny is playing. So, um, but he said defensively, Denny was great. Denny was great most of the time. Two times he functioned as a one man zone, stopping Finland's offense with great awareness. Other times he pushed opponents into tough shots. So I'm, I'm happy to hear about that defensively. It really sounds like a regular season game. It sounds like some of the games that Denny had during the season where, you know, unfortunately he put his head down and he missed a layup offensively. But defensively, he was the best player on the floor. Defensively, he was our best player at, at times. And then offensively, he was, you know, really struggling offensively, struggling to finish around the rim, struggling to knock down a three. So that's, it really sounded like a regular season game. Um, but he played really well against Auburn. I, I get that it's a college team. So it doesn't really compare to 
many of the professional teams or the teams that they're going to play in the World Cup qualifiers. Laurie Markkinen had 28 points for Finland, so he went crazy. Laurie Markkinen is a highly skilled player, um, a big that 6'10 is somewhat of a unicorn too. You know, but the Cavs, you know, they play him at the three as well. So Kuz, they could play at the three as well, just comparing that that big man lineup. But it looks like Denny had an underwhelming game coming back from health and safety protocols. Um, so let's see if he can bounce back on Sunday. Um, there's also another quote that I want to find from an article that I was reading too. This is this one's for Sports Rabbi or Rob Rabbi. I'm sorry if I'm uh, m- mispronouncing the name here, but uh, for the, of the website. But um, this is also saying, um, but Denny was dribbling throughout positions with no end game in sight, not moving the ball around and just looking like he was trying to play hero ball right off the bat. So that doesn't really sound like Denny. He's usually when he's playing for the Wizards, he's not really trying to play hero ball. He's really trying to look to pass, you know. Sometimes he is being aggressive trying to get to the rim, but he's looking to be a point four when I see him play with the Wizards. Um, but he had he was getting more aggressive last year, shooting the three and trying to get to the basket. So somewhat of a mixed bag from Denny. He's going to be highs and lows from Denny. Working out with Drew Hanlon, want to see that three-point shot improve. Can he dribble with his right hand? I mean, with his left hand as well. Can he go to the left? Can he finish with his left hand? Can he finish with both hands, to be honest with you? So uh, mixed bag from Denny Avia. But let's get to my guy Daniel Gafford here and then the um, other big men. And then we'll wrap up this episode today. Uh, and then we'll get back to it uh, next week. We'll probably talk about what happened on Sunday with uh, Chris Tapps and also with uh, Denny Avdi. If the if Denny Avdi was able to bounce back and if, if Chris Tapps just kept dominating on Sunday. So um, Daniel Gafford, man, uh, this is from B-Ball Index. So these are the grades that they give guys. I just want to give Daniel Gafford his flowers, too. These are grades that they give guys. Um, rim shot contested. He got an A-plus. He was in the 98th percentile. So that's rim shots contested, you know, pretty self-explanatory. You know, if somebody goes to the basket, you know, is he contesting the shot? You know, is a big man shooting a hook shot? Is he contesting the shot? He does that a lot. Rim contests per 75 possessions, rated in the 98th percentile with an A+. plus. Blocks per 75 possessions, A+, plus at a 2.5 volu- uh, value. Block rate on contest with a 24.69%, A+, plus in the 86th percentile. Rim defensive field goal percentage versus expected, A+. plus. Adjusted rim points saved, A+. plus Rim protection, A+. plus Post defense, A+. plus Screener on rim defense, A+. plus A+. plus So A+, plus is all across the board for Daniel Gafford. The one thing, there's a couple things that I want to see Daniel Gafford improve from. I think he regressed from last year, and I don't think it's 100% his fault. I do think, you know, the three big man lineup didn't help. Actually, you know, I'm not going to use that as an excuse because there was a three big man lineup last year with Robin Lopez and Alex Lynn. So this year... He didn't have a point guard that could really put pressure on the rim. Spencer Dinwiddie was not getting to the rim at all. Um, you know, he he was just a step slow on everything. Um, coming back from that, coming back from that knee injury, um, so he wasn't able to get Gafford involved and get him easy baskets. Where Russell Westbrook was just you know getting to the basket every time and getting Gafford a lot of easy dunks, a lot of alley oops. I think Russ and Gaff were a really really good dynamic duo. They had really good chemistry. So um, this year we just didn't, ha- didn't have that guy until really the second half. You saw how well. Gaff played with Ish. When he has a point guard that can get to the rim and get past people, and he can just be in the dunker spot and catch lobs, that's the, that's his offensive game. Now Gafford, can he step out and knock down a free throw jumper? Barely, rarely. I don't really see that much from him. So just do what works for you. Look at Clint Capella. Look at look at Gobert. Look at other bigs. You know DeAndre Jordan when he was an All Star. That's those are the kind of bigs that I look at Gafford when I see him play. Just catching lobs. This is also for Porzingis too. Best rim defensive field goal percentage versus expected per basketball index. Uh, Chris Porzingis was ranked eighth. He was in the top 10 defending the rim. So you have two legitimate rim defenders 
and Porzingis and Daniel Gafford. Um, also, bringing the ball down low offensively. You're you're six ten, but you you play like you're seven one because you're so athletic. He looks taller than what he is because he's so athletic because he can jump above the rim and finish above the rim. But he's bringing the ball down and little guards sometimes they'll, they'll have a jump ball they take it from him. Sometimes I thought he had bad hands. I think with Russ he had better hands last year, the year before in twenty twenty one. This year for some reason he was dropping passes. That's not like him. So I want to see him improve on that fouling, fouling way too much. This is this is how his minutes get affected, and this is how. This is the reason – These are, don't give the coach a reason to take you out of the game. He got in foul trouble a little too much early in the game. These were silly these – these were avoidable fouls where he's just jumping and going for pump fakes or just being a little too overzealous and a little too aggressive. Now, there was the thing where he said he had sports asthma or there was a report where he had sports asthma. Then he did another interview and he said he didn't have sports asthma. So I don't know what it is, but I think he looked in somewhat better shape last year where in 2021 he was getting gassed. He was getting tired. So – Gafford's still young. And let's not forget about the contract, too. The contract is about to kick in. The contract extension that he, that he signed with uh, before the season. The contract extension, extension is going to, going to kick in pretty soon. Got to look that up. Porzingis has a, a player option. How is this year going to go? If he gets back to an all-star form, is he going to opt out of that player option and look for more, more money? He's getting paid $30 million plus this year. He can opt in again for $30 million plus, Or... Since the money is going up for the NBA, if he has another good season, he's going to opt out and look for more money. So those are the question marks with these two guys. Contracts are coming up. Also, I mean, Gafford's, you know, his contract is, is sealed sealed in stone. But Porzingis, this is a contract year for him, too. So it's a lot a lot on the line for Christmas Porzingis. And I, I think it's a revenge season for him. Things didn't work out in Dallas for him. Things didn't go as planned. There's a narrative, the injury narrative. You know, post-ups weren't really working out for him in, in Dallas, but he he showed he showed what he Porzingis showed what he could really do for the Washington Wizards in the last 17 games of the year. Now, I'm gonna quickly go over the last couple of guys that at the center position. Um, you got Jaime Isanique. I like him a lot. I think he's really skilled, but he's just more of an old school big. I think he's gonna be on a go-go. Vernon Carey played really well in the summer league. I thought he was the best player on the summer league team this past season. Um, yeah, I think he was the best player. I think he, he had a couple of games where he's rebounding, boarding scoring, blocking shots, running the floor, knocking down a jumper. Now, he doesn't shoot any three, so he's more of an old-school five, not a modern-day five. Back to the basket, he's kind of big, kind of slow-footed, not going to go out there and guard fours at all or really quick fives, to be honest with you. So, you know, how how usable is he going to be in the NBA game? You know, Thomas Bryant is gone. Is he going to be replacing the Thomas Bryant role as that third center off the bench? that can stretch the floor a little bit at the free throw line, an 18-foot jumper, but really can't shoot a three. Thomas Bryant was shooting three, so where is Vernon, Vernon Carey going to fit in the modern-day NBA game, or is he going to be able to impose as well? You know, But are they really looking for a guy to post up for you know five seconds in a slow, methodical pace? You know, How is that really going to work out? Vernon Carey, those are the questions for me. Todd Gibson, who is somewhat going to be of the Udonis Haslam of the Wizards, um, he's really intrigued by the Wizards. He said they're very talented. You know, we've gone back and forth with Todd Gibson over the years with the Bulls. Um, he's a competitor. Draymond Green gave Todd Gibson. He said uh, Todd Gibson gave him the most trouble out of non-superstars. So Todd Gibson is is a, is a tough, hard-nosed player. I think he's going to be an extended player coach as well. But I have Todd Gibson as the third big over Vernon Carey. I think you got to look at that 15-man roster. Who makes it? I think Todd Gibson is going to be the roster. Of course, they bought him here for a reason. Now, honestly, too, knock on wood, this is a break glass emergency thing. And I think if Todd Gibson is starting or getting big minutes, it's not ideal for the Wizards. But you got to think, hey, 
is Porzingis going to play back to backs? Is he going to be on a minute restriction? You know, how are they going to handle him? Are they going to unleash him? Just let him rock? Or you know, are there times where they they may have a rest day for Porzingis? Gafford gets in foul trouble. Todd Gibson has to play big minutes. You know, I could certainly see something like that happening. So don't discount Todd Gibson playing at all. Now he's a guy he has, doesn't shoot many threes, but he's knocked down a three or, or you know he can knock down a mid range jumper. We've seen that before. He can move his feet. He can be a pest on defense. You know he can wall up. So I'm intrigued to see how they use Todd Gibson. I'm intrigued to see him in preseason. I'm intrigued to see his leadership as well. He said the Wizards can shock some people. They can be a surprise team this year. So um, and he left the Knicks. It was reportedly he left the Knicks because he saw an opportunity here with the Wizards for playing time. So Todd Gibson didn't just sign with the Wizards for kicks and giggles. He didn't just sign with the Wizards for kicks and giggles. And Tommy Shepard didn't sign Todd Gibson for kicks and giggles. So keep him on your on your radar to see how much playing time does he get. I don't want to see him eat into Daniel Gafford's minutes at all, but I would just keep an eye on him. You know, I wouldn't sleep on Todd Gibson. He's a guy that is a blue collar guy, wears his hard hat 100% of the time. So I'm intrigued to see what Todd Gibson does the season for the Washington Wizards. So that's about it. I mean, I, I can include Anthony uh, Gill in the center position. Now, he played the center about 12% of the time. Uh, last year, looking at Chris Hesperzinga's center minutes, uh, he played center for the Wizards really for the majority of the time. I'm going to say like 99% of the time, but I'm just going to look it up for you guys um, before I head out and wrap it up here. Looking at the play-by-play on basketball reference here. Uh, Chris Porzingis played center 97% of the time in Dallas before he was traded. He played center 61% of the time. He played power forward 39% of the time in 2020. He played center nine, 99% of the time. Um, like I said, in New York in 2018, he played center 12% of the time. He played, uh, power forward 88% of the time in 2018. But like I said, the game has really changed since then. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a different game now. It's a different game now. So I, like I said, I, I think it's ideal for him to play at the center spot. So, but I'm intrigued to see him at the four two. So, you guys, let me know what you guys think about the center position. Um, can Porzingis have an All Star year? Can he bounce back again? Who, Vernon Carey and Todd Gibson, who's going to be battling for that last roster spot and getting minutes? Jaime Ejenikwe, um, who's going to win the the camp battle there? And then Gafford, what are your expectations for Daniel Gafford this year? All right, you guys, thank you for listening and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. I just want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On NBA podcast. You get good information about the NBA every day. Hell to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.